The following audio is from LifePoint Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about LifePoint Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Hey guys, welcome to LifePoint Church this morning. I'm, I'm glad you're here. My name is John Lewis. I'm the Connections Pastor uh, here at the church. And uh, this morning, Pastor Eric let me, let me preach today. So I'm thankful that he let me come up here. God's word with y'all. So if this is your first time here, if you don't have a Bible, uh, go ahead and raise your hand up and somebody will bring you a Bible. That's our gift to you. If you don't want a Bible, don't worry about raising your hand. We just want to make sure that you need one this morning, uh, that you have one. So if you want one, go ahead and raise, raise your hand. Somebody from the back will bring you one. Uh, if you already have one, open your Bible to James chapter 5. So we've been in a series in James, and today is the last day that we'll be in James. I know, I know, man. Hey, you know? That is a good sign when you, got a, when you have a great preacher up here every week, like Eric Dar. Some people are like disappointed. They're like, oh man, you know, no more James. Well, hey, next week, uh, our church is going to make a switch to two services, all right? As you've noticed, it's full, right? Yes, right. We're excited about that. We hope you're excited about it also. Uh, doing that takes a lot of, a lot of volunteers uh, that are already serving on a weekly basis, you know, like uh, kids' church workers that we're really thankful for. Uh, somebody else, that, or another crew of people that I'm really thankful for is the facilities team that makes sure the building is clean every week, right? Yeah, that's a big deal. So if you're on the facilities team, uh, we're really thankful for you. Uh, so open your Bible to James chapter 5, verse 13. You know, when I was a teenager, uh, I got to the point where I realized Uh, that God heals in two ways, that God heals us uh, naturally and that God heals us supernaturally, right? And I have a responsibility on my end to, you know, take care of my body naturally, right? Well, I was was a teenager, okay? Mind you, I was a teenager, so don't judge me for this story, okay? All right, but I remember I was was in my living room one day and I was like, man, it's had this migraine coming on, you know? And I was like, well, before I go and take, you know, uh, the uh, the holy grail of medicine, et cetera, and migraine, uh, I'm going first try, maybe I'm dehydrated, right? Or maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm just hungry. I need to get some food in my body, all right? I was probably 17 or 18, okay? So I go into the pantry, killer headache, go into the pantry, and, you know, I see the first thing that caught my eye, which just happened to be a delicious vanilla Coke and a fudge round. Can you say no to those? Probably. You should. Uh, but did I? No, because those were my favorite go-to snack at the time, right? I reach in my, I mean, I just, I just smashed that vanilla Coke, smashed that fudge round. Oh, man, I was like, well, that should do the trick, right? <laughs> An hour later, I did take an Excedrin migraine, okay? So, you know, to take care of the real deal. But God heals in two ways, and that's, that's naturally, and it's also supernaturally. Open your Bible and read with me. In verse 13, it says this, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. You know, in our life, we're going, to meet, we're going to go through so many different circumstances that we're cheerful in or that we're suffering in. But no matter what that circumstance is, it should always lead us to worship God. So if I were going to ask you guys today, is anyone in here suffering? Or does anyone say, you know what, I'm, I'm cheerful. You know, I'm in a pretty good spot. Does that point you to Christ? Does that point you to Jesus when you're in any of those spectrum of circumstances? Does it point you to Christ? 
Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Notice that when somebody was sick, which, by the way, there's something going, going around, all right? Make sure you wash your hands after church today, all right? You know what I'm saying? But if anyone among you is sick, it says this, call for the elders and let them come to you so that they can pray for you so that when you can't come to church on Sunday morning or you can't come to life group because you're sick, call for the elders of the church so that the community can then come to you. It's why we make hospital visits. It's why when people are sick, we pray for them so that the community can then come to the person that couldn't experience it for that week. Then it says this peculiar thing about oil. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, I've seen this done a few different ways. You know, I've seen, uh, I've seen people who are sick and a pastor come, put some oil on their head, and pray for them. I think, that's, I think that's a fine thing to do. But I do want you to understand that there's no healing power in the oil. The oil itself would not be supernatural and is not supernatural. I'm not sure how we would get holy oil. I'm not sure how some of my friends make holy water. Uh, because if you can make something that's, that's polluted with lead and chromium-6 holy, then why can't you make a bean burrito holy? You know what I mean? I mean, come on. I mean, that would at least be on the list, you know? But what the oil does is the oil is actually good for you because your skin absorbs nutrients from the oil. All right, now this is not a doTERRA commercial. for I know some of y'all are like, amen. That's right, all right? Okay? All right? But for thousands of years, before we had traditional medicine that we have now, they would treat their bodies with what they had, which was food, water, right? Water. I mean, who would have thought that? It's good for you. Food, water, and they had different oils to treat their different sicknesses and different herbs, and then which eventually phased into our modern medicine that we have today. So when the, when the pastor comes and puts oil and anoints them with oil right here, it's because that was good for them. It was good for their body. It was good for their skin. Keep reading with me. Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be, for, he will be forgiven because when he was sick, he was drawn to Christ. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Man, that verse right there, it's a tough one. You know what I mean? Therefore, confess your sins to one another. That's hard. I have no problem confessing my sins to Jesus because he's the one mediator between God and man. So I want to confess my sins to Jesus. And the Bible tells you to do that. But when the Bible tells me to confess my sins to other believers, suddenly... That makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable, right? Chances are you might be one of those people that value transparency and vulnerability. And when you're in your teenage years and you're in your early 20s and late 20s, that is something that you value, but something happens like a, 
a switch being flipped when you turn and you get in your 30s, and all of a sudden you start becoming more private about things. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't know if I want to tell you how much money I make every year. I don't know if I want to tell you the things that are going on behind closed doors at my house. I don't, want to, I don't know if I want you to know how I got this or I got that. Suddenly we become very closed off and very private, which I don't think is healthy for the body of Christ. Chances are, if you're not confessing your sins to other believers, then chances are you're carrying a huge burden and a huge weight around your shoulders. And there's a good chance that you're actually just coming to church and not just being the church. It's very difficult to live in community when you only are with your church family, when you're only with your church family one hour on a Sunday. It is difficult to be in community with people because you don't know those people well enough to even start a conversation to confess your sins. Would you agree with, would you agree with me on that? Right? So, because you're not, not going to just do that to any, any Joe Schmo on the street. Like, you want to know the person. Am I right? You, you just wouldn't go up to the, the teller at Target and be like, oh, you're a believer? <laughs> Let me tell you, it's been a rough week in the, in the household, all right? But instead, when you know somebody and you trust somebody and you recognize the brother or a sister in Christ, suddenly you're sitting down over a sandwich or a coffee and you start pouring out your life for some reason because you know you trust that person because you've been with them for so long and you start, you start laying those burdens down and somebody helps you carry those burdens with you, that's the church. That's biblical community. You know, the community is something where people depend on one another, where they love one another, they count on one another, they trust one another, they serve one another, they spend time with one another. That's community right there. And I can't forget this one because it is February. You notice I said a lot of one another's just then, but um, also in 1 Peter, it says to greet one another with the holy kiss of love, all right? Now, I know some of y'all are like, whoa, 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 John, wait, the hugging's fine, but when you talk about the kissing, that makes me feel uncomfortable, all right? You said it was flu season, okay? Hey, yeah, I, yeah, I feel you, all right? Okay, you know, maybe we should keep the kissing to a limit, okay? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, sorry, we actually don't do that at LifePoint Church. If, if you're, it didn't, make me, didn't, make y'all, didn't mean to make y'all feel uncomfortable, you know what I'm saying? But there's one other thing that we do when we have biblical community with one another, and that's pray for one another. Pray for your brothers and your sisters in Christ. And it's hard to do that if you don't know what to pray for for people, right? It's hard to do that if you don't know... Uh, exactly what you should be pray, praying for them about. And so then you're, you're like, oh, I want to pray. I want to pray for somebody and pray for them. And you're like, God, just, just. Now all you can say is just, right? Lord, just. And you're like, he's like, yes, say something, please. And you're like, just be with them. And he's like, I can do that. All right, I can do that. But I hope that you're praying for other believers. And I hope you're being transparent enough and vulnerable enough with people that you trust that carry the weight of your own burdens. You know, the Bible teaches that all sin leads to death. That all sin leads to death. Well, eventually, 
at first, you know, it might just lead to high blood pressure or something. But can sin make you sick and lead to death? Yeah, I think so, because when you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders and you feel like you're doing something that you shouldn't do, but for some reason it's working for you, so you, you are happily to, to fall into that sin day in and day out, you start stress-eating a little bit. You start self-medicating a little bit. You start self-harming a little bit. And the Bible teaches that each and every sin, once it's full-grown, leads to death. Therefore, in verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And you, ever, you guys ever feel like, like your sins, or I'm sorry, your prayers aren't reaching past the ceiling, right? Like you have been praying. You have been. And then you're like, God, are you paying attention right now? Are you paying attention to what's going on? Because right now my heart hurts a lot. My heart hurts really bad. God, I'm, I'm sick and I'm trying to get well and I'm, I've been praying for me. I know other people have been praying for me. I just want to make sure that you're, that you're listening. But you're not sure if, if God's paying attention or not. Can I be real with you guys? I remember a time, I remember a time when I sat across the table from a, a man that was older than me and there were some things that I'd been praying for for weeks and nothing Praying in faith, praying in righteousness, praying in belief that God would move, that God would would hear me. It seemed like he wasn't listening at all. So I remember I sat there confessing to this guy, like, you know, I feel like that God is ignoring me. If I would have been honest in those moments, I think I probably could have said something like, you know, I'm so hurt right now, and my heart hurts so bad right now. If there is a God, I don't know if he cares very much about me. So what he did is he looked at me in the eye, and he said, God's not ignoring you. And you're not separated from God's love. Did you know that God knows you're rising up and you're lying down? that he knows every thought and every beat of your heart, that you, that you are completely incapable going unnoticed by God. God knows who you are. God knows your name. He knows how tall you are, your shoe size, and what clothes you're going to wear tomorrow. God knows everything about you. So does God hear your prayers? Yes, God hears your prayers. God hears you praying. And God knows the hurt that you're holding in your heart. God knows that. Sometimes we feel like when we read a verse like this that we flip it around. We say the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Well, then the prayer of an unrighteous person has no effect at all. And then we want to put that on ourselves. We want to say, well then, you know, I have sin in my life. 
So therefore, God doesn't hear me. But I want to be real clear right here. That in Romans chapter 8, verse 33, it says this. It says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. So if Jesus is your Savior, then God has made you completely right before Him, and you stand completely right and completely loved in His presence. Right? Because it is God is the one who justifies God is the one that has also given you righteousness. Because check it out in verse Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. You know, it doesn't matter how many times I would do the right thing. At least one right thing had gone undone. Or how many of my sins that I have tried to repent from and turn away from, I'm still a man of just flesh and blood with a sinful nature. But the good news is this. Is that when you have received Christ as your Savior, a great exchange had taken place. That God... Jesus had taken your sins and your misdeeds and he became the new owner of those and he died for them on the cross. And the great exchange is this, is that that's not only all that had happened. That's half of the story of of justification. Some people say uh, it's justification is just as if I had never sinned, which is true, but it's only half of the story. Because the other half is this, is that in a great exchange, Jesus gave you his own righteousness, which is also by faith. So now we have the righteousness of Christ by faith. So we stand before God completely righteous, not because we're so great and we've done the right thing and we've made right choices, but because Jesus has gave us, has given us his righteousness. So I want you to know that Jesus does hear your prayers. That God knows what you're going to say. And that God loves you. In verse 17, it says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on earth. Go ahead and come on up. You know, Isaiah was... A regular guy. A regular guy. If Isaiah would have been a girl, I would say regular girl. But he was a dude. But he was a regular person like us. Sometimes when we see people, we want to elevate their relationship with God higher, whether it is or not. You know, we don't know. But we want to say, well, they're a pastor. Their relationship with God must be way different. And then we see the people in the Bible, and we're like, yeah, but... Although he was just a fisherman, he walked with Jesus. Or we see people in the Old Testament were like, yeah, but they have a whole Bible with his, a whole book of the Bible with his name on it. All these people are regular people just like you and I. Regular folks. And you know what the difference was? They prayed. They prayed. 
So I want you to consider the people that you're in community with, or if you're in community at all. Do you surround yourself with other believers so that they can pray for you and you can help shoulder the burden of shoulder their burdens and they can help you with yours? Look in verse 19. It says this, My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth, just pause right there for a second. You see that? Those words at the beginning where it says, My brothers. Isn't it amazing to know that in O'Fallon and in the state of Missouri and in the United States and in all throughout the world, when you, when you meet another believer, that God considers you a family, that God considers you a brother and a sister. You know, the church has built a community that people can't even find in their biological families. Some place where they're loved and some place where they're accepted and some, some place where people genuinely care about them. Some place where somebody tells them about Jesus, somebody tells them about the gospel and that their value isn't based on their performance at work and their value isn't based on their performance on the football field or baseball field, but their value is based on who they are in Christ. He says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I want you to pause for a moment. And I want you to think about somebody that you know somebody that you care about, somebody that you love. I want you to think of a person that you feel like might be wandering from the truth. Think about that person. That person this morning might actually be you. Let me ask you this question. Are you, are you wandering from the truth? Has your sin put you in a place where you feel like, yeah, I'm separated from God because I'm enjoying my sin way more than I'm enjoying Jesus. Are you wandering from God? Well, then I want to encourage you to come back to Jesus. I want to encourage you to love Jesus and to worship Jesus so that no matter where you're at, whether you're cheerful or whether you're suffering, whether your heart hurts or doesn't, that it brings you to a place of worship. One of the reasons that we wander is we don't stand in wonder of Jesus, that we don't walk in worship of Jesus. So are you, are you wandering? Will you guys pray with me? God, I love you this morning. And I pray... I pray for us that we will make you a priority in our life, that you will be the first priority of all of our days. And God, I pray for the person that's, that's not a believer in here, that for the first time they will put their faith and their trust in you so that they can be considered your friend, 
your, your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. LifePoint Church exists to engage, encourage, and equip through the gospel for the glory of God. Therefore, it is our prayer that the word of God would be an encouragement to your heart and lead you into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. If you would like to support the ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at thelifepointconnection.com give. May God bless and may your life point to Christ everywhere in every way.